Welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Christ's love. Scanning the QR code located on the front of the worship guide allows you to connect all online information about our church. The giving of tithes and offerings along with our social media platforms all in one place. Guests, please click on the menu item for the first time guest. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. You may give to the vision and mission of the church online, or you may call, uh, mail a check to our address, 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville 35819. Or after the service, you may drop off your offering in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Please make note of the um, upcoming events this week listed in the worship guide, especially next Sunday, December 17th, 8.30 Youth Pancakes and PJs, 9.30 a.m. Worship Service with Communion, and we will welcome Reverend Bill Nass to our pulpit. Um, this Wednesday is our corporate prayer, or no, Thursday. <laughs> Thursday at um, is our corporate prayer, so please join us for that. Thank you. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made all bright and sunny. And we shall be glad in it. Amen. I mean, I know we have to be thankful on the cloudy days too, but I like the sun. Um, let's please stand if you're able and willing as we sing this little song. Open the eyes of my heart. Lord, I want to see you. Let's sing that, not just for the sake of singing it, but as a meditation and a prayer to the Lord this morning as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship.
this morning is from Psalms, the book of Psalms, um, Psalm 29, 1 and 2. Please join with me where it says people. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Come on, let's worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness.
Indeed, Lord, you're near. And I, I feel um, full right now thinking about living in the now and the not yet. <clears throat> and we are living in times that are there's a whole lot of good and we get to see your beauty. But there's so many hard things so many hard things in our lives personally as a community the world, there's war there's oppression and homelessness and sick parents and children and grief and loss and sometimes those too hard to bear. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. That all will be made right when you appear. Thanks be to God. That you are a good, good father. You're a good shepherd guiding us in the things that don't make sense. You make us lie down in green pastures. Thanks, Lord, for being a good shepherd who is willing and able to restore our souls. Father, thank you for not leaving us to our own devices. Thank you for having a path and a plan of reconciliation through your son so we can be made right with you. Not because of our own strength, our own striving, but just simply because of your love. and kind comforter for illuminating your word in the places in our lives where we need you for not leaving us alone. We love you. There are not enough words Lord, we just come into this place <clears throat> this morning in a variety of states, <laughs> but with open arms and just giving you our feeble attempts to worship and acknowledge who you are. And so we say thank you. Say thank you. We praise your name. We adore you. You are indeed glorious. are expecting spirit for you to move in this place today because that's what you do. God, you are good and what you do is good. We love you. We praise you.
gives you this. He adores you. In the magnificent, glorious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, good morning, TBC. Today's reading comes from uh, Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5. A voice cries, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And uh, next we'll have the, uh, the lighting of the uh, Advent candle of peace. Today we light the candle of preparation of peace. Let it remind us to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Prince of Peace. Amen.
If you're able, please stand for the reading of God's word. It's from John chapter 6, verses 30 through 40 is our text today. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Join me in this prayer of supplication uh, adopted from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, take away what is ours, which is nothing. Give us what is yours, which is good. You are called Christ. Anoint us with your Holy Spirit. You are called a physician. According to your power, Lord, heal us. You are called the life. Renew us out of this death where sin grips us. You're called the way. Lead us from the self-seeking things of this world into the heavenly and spiritual things of your heart. You are called the truth. Let us not suffer in our errors, but to walk in your path of truth in all things. You are called the light. Cast us from the works of darkness, that we may walk as children of light in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. You are called a Savior. Save us from our sins, Lord. You are called the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of goodness. Begin in us a good life and finish the same. In your Son, Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, TVC. How are y'all today? Morning. Well, I entered the village class. That is our intro class and our new members class. And so if you're interested in ever learning more about the church or even becoming a member, we definitely encourage you to go through that class. We will also be offering an entered the village class for students in January. So parents, guardians, if your child has made a professional faith and you feel like it's time for them to join the church, please reach out to one of the elders, and we will get them signed up to take that class in January 2024. I would like to invite Jeremy Justice up. He is going to be taking his membership vows today. So everyone, welcome Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy will also be baptized at a later date. Please can stand right here, Jeremy. So our membership class is centered around our five membership vows, and so I'm going to ask Jeremy these same vows that we went over in class, and you can respond with yes. Jeremy, do you acknowledge yourself to be a sinner in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure and without hope in saving his sovereign mercy? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the 
Savior of sinners and the Son of God, and do you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel? Do you now promise, do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as become a follower of Christ? Do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? Do you submit yourself to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its peace and purity? Well, welcome, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone, please uh, give Jeremy the right hand of fellowship at the end of the service.
Amen, saints. Jesus is our everything, bright morning star. Do we believe it? Do you believe it? Amen. All right. If you have your Bible, saints, please open it to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Our text today is verses 30 through 40. That's John chapter 6, verses 30 through 40. The title of this message is The Bread of Life, Part 2. The Bread of Life, Part 2. And the big idea is Jesus is the bread of life that has come into the world. Jesus is the bread of life that has come into the world. In fact, he was born into this world as the bread of life. Please pray uh, with and for me. Holy Spirit, as we gather, as we continue in our worship gathering, I pray that you will continue to minister to us holistically. I pray that you continue to minister to our minds and to our hearts. I pray as we open up the word today that you will uh, minister to each of us. Let us each receive what we need to receive from the message today. And I pray that whatever we have going on, whatever we're dealing with, I pray that we would know that our Father is bigger than that. And he's stronger than that. And he's able. And he's good. And he's always faithful. And we pray for all of this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. If someone uh, claims to have discovered a new and easy way to hang Christmas lights, how might you respond to that person? If a, if a relative boasts about being the best domino player in the family during Christmas dinner, how will you handle such a boast? If someone tells you that you're the, that they're the best Fortnite player ever, what will you say to that person? If someone claims to, to have found the secret of getting through the holidays with no stress, what will your response be? Each of us will say, prove it. Prove it. We will say, prove it as a way of asking that person to to show us proof of support of their claim and their boast. See, when you doubt the truthfulness of what someone is saying to you, then you're going to say to that person, prove it. Prove it. And a lot of skeptical people, they love to say that phrase, prove it. The people in the sermon text today are going to say the same thing to Jesus. Remember, the, uh, the previous sermon concluded with Jesus in, in a synagogue answering questions from people who have followed him all the way to Capernaum. The people wanted to know what must they be doing to, doing to do the works of God. And what did Jesus tell them? He says, the work of God is that all of you continue to believe in the one whom he has sent. This is the work of God that y'all continue to believe in him in whom the Father has sent. So the work of God is really saving faith in the one that the Father has sent. And such faith is trust, it's surrender, 
and its dependencies. Not just knowing a whole bunch of facts, a whole bunch of theological terms about Jesus. It's you surrendering your whole life, your whole existence to him as Lord and Savior. So they say to Jesus, prove it. Prove to us what you're saying is true. Prove to us that you're the one sent by God. Prove to us that that you are the prophet that is to come into the world. Prove it so that we may see and believe you. Prove it by performing a sign for us. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a little confused. It doesn't really make sense for them. It doesn't seem to make sense for them to be asking Jesus to prove it, for, for all of them have already seen a sign. Each of them benefited from Jesus feeding over 20,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. That's a, that's a lot of people to feed with five loaves of bread and two fish. So even in verse 26, Jesus told them, he says, you have seen miraculous signs. So what's, what's, what's happening here? There's a difference between what Jesus says in verse 26 and what the crowd is asking for in verse 30. So if you look at verse 36, Jesus says to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And now look at verse 30. The crowd says to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? See, Jesus says signs, which is plural. The crowd says signs, singular. You see, the crowd wants Jesus to perform a particular sign, and they want him to perform it continuously. Not a one-off sign, not a one-hit wonder sign. It's a sign that he'll do for them every day, without exception, without interruption. So, Jesus, what miracle will you yourself do daily for us in order that we may see it and then might trust in you. Prove it, Jesus. What have you asked Jesus to prove to you this week? What do you want him to prove? How do you want him to prove it so that you may finally see and trust him? How? What do you want him to prove to you? On the fifth day of the month, after God delivered Israel from the land of Egypt, they grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness because there was no food. There was a lack of food. And so they really longed to go back to to, uh, to Egypt. They even reminisced when they were in Egypt and they had all this good food to eat. And so the Lord, he heard the grumblings of his people, and then he called Moses, and he said this to Moses, Behold, I am, I am statement, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. So, so the Lord provided meat for them to eat every evening, and he provided bread for them to eat every morning. And so the people called, the people of Israel called this bread from heaven manna. And this history is recorded in Exodus 16. Now, how many years did Israel eat this manna 
in the wilderness. Who said it? Yes, 40 years. 40 years. Exodus 16:35 says, "The people of Israel at manna 40 years till they came to an inhabitable land. They ate manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan." Each morning, y'all, for 40 years, they gathered manna in the wilderness until they entered the promised land. So I hope you know what that means. Some people died only eating manna in the wilderness. Because the ones who started eating didn't live to go into the promised land. So each morning, y'all, for four decades, a heavenly Instacart delivered manna for heaven to them. Think about that. You go to bed, you wake up, there's manna. In the evening, there's meat. All you got to do is just show up, gather and eat. So the people in our text are asking Jesus to perform a daily sign similar to that of manna. Look at verse 31. He says, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness for 40 years. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So, Rabbi Jesus, can you do the same? Can you provide for us fish and bread for the next 40 years? Can you satisfy our hunger with manna from heaven for four decades? Can you do for us what Moses did for our ancestors? That's what they're asking for. The pronoun he in verse 31 is a reference to Moses, even though his name isn't mentioned. Moses is given credit for the manna. Jesus isn't surprised by this, for he knows that they have an extremely high view of Moses. Even back in John John 5, he told another group of people, y'all hope is set on Moses. All your hope is set on Moses. On whom have you set your hope? On what are you setting your hope? Jesus begins his response to this crowd with with a solemn, truly, truly, which means important words are getting ready to follow. So listen up, people. Pay attention. Limit distractions. Your misunderstanding is going to be corrected. So first, Moses hasn't ever given them bread from heaven. He never gave them bread from heaven. Second, the the, the bread did not come through Moses' hands. Moses was not the giver. The Lord God gave them bread. Remember what God told Moses. Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And so the people of Israel can go out and gather some each day. Second, the manna wasn't the true bread of heaven, even though it provided physical nourishment. It was a material type of bread, which was perishable. The manna in Exodus 16, it foreshadowed the true bread of heaven that was still to come and is now presently here. Presently here. Look at verse 32. I think Jesus sounds a little salty. It was not Moses who gave y'all the bread from heaven, but my Father gives y'all the true bread from heaven. Notice how he connects the, the present Jews with their ancestors. He, he lumps them all in together. It wasn't Moses who gave y'all this bread. 
but my father. Notice how he moves from the past tense to the present tense, from, from gave to give. What's the point here? His, his father, who gave manna in the past, continually gives it right now in the present. Right now, my father is giving all of y'all, all the use here, plural, all of y'all, the true bread from heaven, and it's non-perishable. The true bread from heaven is standing right before y'all. Do you see it? Do you see it? The true bread from heaven is actually God's bread. And this bread is an individual person. It is he who comes down from heaven in the incarnation. Jesus is the bread of God. He is the manna from heaven. And he, as the bread of God, as the bread from heaven, he is the one who gives life to the world continually. This is eternal life, life more abundantly, life until the age. And this gift of life is offered to everyone. The bread of God is offered to all people groups, to all nations and tribes, to all languages, to all cultures and all ethnicities. It's offered to each of us today where you take and eat. Will you take and eat? In response, the crowd says to Jesus, Sir, give us this bread always. An urgent petition. This urgent petition is reminiscent to the petition made by the Samaritan woman at the well in, in John 4, 14. She said to Jesus, Sir, give me this water so that I would not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So it seems that the bread might be to the crowd as what the water was to the woman at the well. What do you think? The crowd wants Jesus to give them the bread of God that produces life. And here's the thing, y'all. He's been offering them bread ever since he started his earthly ministry. He's been offering himself to them. He's offering himself to you. In verse 35, Jesus makes a, a strong, emphatic statement. I am statement. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never, ever hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never, ever thirst. Do you believe that? I am the bread of life. Whoever believes in me shall never, ever hunger. Whoever comes to me shall never, ever thirst. The gospel is offered to people, to all people, but people have to come to it to Jesus individually. It's offered to everybody, but people have to individually come to him. Two promises are made to a person who comes to Jesus in saving faith. The person who comes, they shall never, ever hunger. They shall never, ever thirst. The bread of life fully satisfies a person's spiritual need. Yes, Jesus still works in our physical life. He still provides for us physically. He does both. He does that. He does provide for us, but he also provides for those spiritual needs as well. So everything you're looking for, everything that you need, is found in the true bread of life. Will you come to him and place your faith in him. And if you have come to him, and you already know Jesus, and you've been walking with Jesus, 
Is he still beautiful? Does he still taste good? Is he still your delight? These words of Jesus echoes Isaiah 51, verses 1 through 3, where it says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why spend your money on that which is not bread and labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligent to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear. Come to me. Hear that your soul may live. What are you spending your money and your time on that you still still hasn't satisfied? Will you incline your ear to Jesus? Will you come to him so that your soul may actually live and have life more abundantly. Remember the questions that Jesus, the crowd asked Jesus back in verse 30. What sign do you do that you that we may believe and seek crush you? What work do you perform? Jesus revisit those revisits those questions in verse 36 with a adversive statement. And we can actually insert the solemn truly truly into that verse. He says But truly, truly, I say to y'all that y'all have seen and yet y'all continue not to believe me. Y'all have y'all can see, touch and hear me. Y'all and yet y'all continue not to trust me. Y'all have witnessed supernatural miracles for me. You sat under my teaching. As a matter of fact, y'all actually tracked me down in Capernaum. You left Tiberius and came all the way to Capernaum, interrupted my teaching in the synagogue, and yet you still continue in your unbelief. See, this crowd has what I call a satisfactory experience with Jesus. That's what they had the day before. And a lot of people during this time of the year will have a satisfactory experience with Jesus. It's called the Christmas spirit. That's what I said last week. Because you can be filled with the Christmas spirit and still not trust Jesus. Because everything that the Christmas spirit is about is perfectly found in him. Hope, love, joy, happiness, forgiveness, generosity. All the things that the Christmas spirit is about is all found in Christ. Do you know him? Do you know him? A satisfactory experience with Jesus, the Christmas spirit ends at the end of this month. So, so if you're placing all your hope in that, that's, that's a satisfactory experience. It's not real. Jesus comes, not so that you can have a satisfactory experience with him, but so that you can have an experience with him that lives long past the 31 days in December. He came so that you can have life more abundantly. And not only that, he paid. Yeah, he paid a price for it. That baby Jesus, that born in the manger, that that was a sacrificial lamb that was born to die. To be offered up as payment for our transgressions against God. 
and through his life and through his death and through his resurrection, sinners can be made saints. Enemies become sons and daughters, friends, because of what he has done. That's the greatest gift of all. Do you have it? Do you want it? What do you look forward to most doing during the, uh, this time of the year? Uh, this you can participate. You say eating? Yes, okay. What else? During this time of the season, during the you know, holiday season, what do you look forward to the most? You look forward to something. Well, let's say it. I can't hear you. Peace and goodwill. Amen. Rest. Yeah. Family. A lot of people look forward to Christmas gifts. But nobody wants to say that. That may seem selfish. Yeah. Some of you are in the process now of buying gifts, wrapping them, placing them on your Christmas tree. Some of you are going to participate in Secret Santa with coworkers or family members. The giving and the receiving of gifts is a major Christmas tradition in, in our culture. And even the Advent season is itself is about the giving and receiving of a gift. Do y'all believe it? Advent is about the giving and receiving of a gift. The verb to give is mentioned six times in John 6, verses 25 through 40. It's used four times to show what God gives to people as a gift, and is used two times to show what God gives to Jesus as a gift. Do you know what that means? Jesus is God's gift to us, and we are God's gift to Jesus. The church is God's Christmas present to his son. Look at verse 37. All that the Father gives to me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. So in a sense, Jesus is waiting for all that the Father gives him to come to him. And that is people. It's not things. It is individual. It is souls that he's talking about. And those who come to him are those whose heart has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, who are being effectually called. And when he says, when they come to me and they ask for forgiveness, when they come to me and they surrender their lives to me, I will not cast them out. I will never cast them out. For I have come down from heaven, incarnation, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So what is the will of God? What's the will that Jesus came to accomplish for the Father? He tells us, this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he's given me, given again, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Those are promises. All those pronouns, all those I pronouns, I would do it. I won't cast out. 
That's eternal security. That's once saved, always saved. That's perseverance of the saints. Have you ever thought about that? You, we don't preserve ourselves. Jesus is the one preserving us. Right now, he's preserving us, protecting us. There's a reason why the devil can't snatch us out. Snatch us out. It's because the devil can't pry Christ's hands from around us. Not even our sin can do that. That's a promise that we can hold on to at going to the end of this year and going into next year that we have the promise of eternal security. So no matter what life is going to throw at us, no matter what defeats that we're going to have, no matter what comes our way, at the end of the day, we can say, we good. Because Christ has said, I will not lose anybody that God has given me. I won't lose them. That means your circumstances can't take you out of his hand. Your fears and life and death and sickness, persecution, suffering, none of those can take you out of his hand. Even when you're struggling, he's never going to say, get out of my face. I would never cast you out. And not long we do we have this internal security, we have a future and final resurrection. This is hope. This is joy. This is peace. This is beyond the Christmas spirit. This is real. Not only would I not cast them out, but I would raise them up on the last day. There's future resurrection. There is a glorification that is coming for God, for us who have faith in Christ, that one day we will partake and be in the new heavens and new earth. And he is doing it on our behalf. So really, when you think about it, Jesus is our instant cart from heaven. The manna that they partake of in the Exodus, we partake of that from Christ every day. Every day. Every day. Every day you get the privilege of being able to commune with him through his word, through prayer. Every day you get to feast upon him. And monthly we feast upon him through the Lord's Supper. But every day when you get up, you have the privilege of eating from Christ, communing with him, walking with him, loving him. Because remember, as a collective, we are God's gift to his son. And we can navigate life that way. The son has come into the world to claim his gift, and the son will keep that gift secure, and his, his, the son will watch over that gift. The son will not lose any of us. The one hymn says, Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find rest in the Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth that are, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart, 
born thy people to deliver, born a child yet a king, born to reign in us forever. Now thy glorious kingdom bring, by thy eternal spirit rule in our hearts alone. Lord Jesus, you are born a child, but yet a king. Because of all your work and all of what you've done, we can have true life and we can have it abundantly. And so my prayer for each of us is that we may be able to actually rest (laughs) in what we already have and never had to work for. True peace, true hope, true joy, true love, true rest, true acceptance, true adoption. Holy Spirit, I pray you help us to remember who we are and who we belong to. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Will you please stand, saints, as we close our service? After the benediction, we will have a ministry moment, and after that, we will also have one more announcement.
So after the benediction, you can cut the, cut the live feed. So here's God's benediction to his beloved. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And all God's people say, amen. So please have a seat. We do have a ministry moment. For-